a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello once again, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Pack a Day Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things green and gold. My name is Mike Willen. I'm joined by Gage, Bridge, Gage Bridgeford and Matt Fralick on this Sunday as... Guys, rookies have reported. It's there's been a few that have been trial players. It's becoming real. This season is right around the corner as we approach the summer. It's way too real. Like I was like amped for the schedule to come out, and then all of a sudden I was just I was caught with my pants down that the rookies were they're practicing. Like I was like, okay, let's go. Like let's let's get into it. And we're seeing all these guys in their jerseys. Like now it was it was awesome. A lot of couple tryouts on uh, on Friday too. That was that was cool to see. Gage. Uh, you, what, what's your roster looking like right now? What are you, what are you thinking? Uh, my roster right now is looking – it's very chalky. I think that there's a lot of like – a lot of the top draft picks are the ones we're going to expect to make the roster. But I'm not expecting a ton of surprise cuts or roster makes. But then again, Green Bay always comes out of left field with one or another, such as the, the Jordy release uh, during free agency. We had the Josh Sitton uh, releasing – just there's always going to be one big one and i have no idea who it's going to be this year but i also like you matt i'm surprised at how we're getting to this point in the year already like it's may i was talking to a friend of mine last night and we were talking about like ufc fights and which one's coming up he's like yeah i'm gonna get the june and july ones i was like oh okay okay and i'm th- and i'm like oh that's next month june is next <laughs> month already i was like how are we already here so this whole thing where the NFL dominates the schedule the calendar year round is so real, especially when you cover it. You're like the NFL is constantly going. Something is constantly happening. For sure. I mean, they were you're placing Habib's belt this weekend, so that's going to be a fun thing when you talk about the fights. But I'm glad uh-huh. you brought up the the roster because that's our topic for today. Remember, each of us has come up with a guy who we think will be a surprise cut. During training camp, someone who needs to be cut from the roster by the end of training camp, and we'll be as positive as we can, and a, someone who we think could be a surprise person to make the roster by the by by the time they head down to New Orleans to take on the Fighting Taysom Hills, also known as slightly younger Tebow. But first, before we do that, uh, quick reminders, everyone, to go to your favorite podcast platform. Let us know. Give us a five-star review, a subscription. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, we really do appreciate it, and it helps us continue to make episodes every single day for you guys here on the Packaday Podcast. So that being said, let's jump right in, and let's start with our surprise cuts. And there's three fairly big names that we're going to talk about in the next few minutes. And... Matt, we're going to talk about yours first. We're going to go to the secondary. Let's do it. Uh, we're going to we're going to let's go to Josh Jackson. Yeah, Josh Jackson's my surprise cut, and I know Gage and I were talking before the broadcast, and I think Michael probably agree with us. Like when he was drafted out of Iowa, I was super pumped. Like there's, you know, I have a I have a I don't know, I have a laundry list of names when it goes into a draft, but Josh Jackson was on that smaller list I usually like to come up with, and it was good value. Um, but unfortunately. Um, Gage will point this out. Mike Pettin kind of ruined Josh Jackson, and Josh Jackson's really never found a spot on this defense. Um, I think with some of the guys they brought back, with Kevin King, kind of Chandon Sullivan maybe possibly taking a little bit of Josh Jackson's PT, Eric Stokes being drafted. They also drafted the, uh, the Appalachian State kid. So, like, 
I just don't know if Josh Jackson fits the mold for what they're trying to do with this defense. However, his one saving grace could be if Joe Barry has a sweet spot for him and think he can he can find a position that he could play. Um, that could be a potential for him. But Josh Jackson, to me, is a guy that it's surprising because I think everyone's been waiting and waiting and waiting for him to break out. The Tampa Bay Bucks game in the regular season, he played fairly well. He had a couple hiccups, but overall, um, on short notice, was able to come in and, and play against the Super Bowl winning champion uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. But really, at the end of the day, Josh Jackson, he's kind of kind of cut your losses a little bit, and he's I don't think he's going to make the roster. Um, but yeah, it sucks to see him go. But you know, they're they're I think there's better talent on this team that they're going to have to make a case for to actually make the team. Yeah, I uh, as as Matt said, I'm very disappointed. I love Josh Jackson coming out. I was a I'm still I'm still a fan of the talent that the player has. But I saw Mike Pettin refuse to, and he did this to Kevin King as well. He refused to play the guy in a position that would set him up for success. Josh Jackson is a is not an off corner. It's not what he does. Like he is a little grabby. I'm not going to sit here and act like he has no faults, but I am going to sit here and say, you if you don't give him the absolute best chance to succeed by saying, hey, we know that this is what you do well. We're going to let you go do that, and you don't have you don't get to play any other type of coverage. If we're going to play off coverage or we're going to play zone, we'll take you off the field. But if we're playing press man, and it's clear as day that that's what we're doing, you're going to be on the field because that's the only way you're going to be able to make it. What, do do that, but instead you just he just never got it together, and like you said, maybe maybe Joe Barry is going to find a niche role for him and be able to salvage him. I'm not I'm not convinced at this point. And looking when you said that that was your surprise cut, I was sad from the standpoint of the talent that the player has, but at the same time I'm also acknowledging, hey, I haven't seen it yet. He hasn't put mm-hmm. it together yet. I can't. I can't make a case for saying this is why he needs to stay on the roster at this stage because if there's other guys, especially now that they have Eric Stokes, Shamar Jean Charles, and Kevin King and Jair still there, there's not a whole lot of roster spots available. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you both. I, I, I was really, really excited about Josh Jackson coming out of Iowa. I had watched him in, in Iowa when I was living down in the state. And everyone remembers that Ohio State game with he had the three picks. He was he looked so exceptional there. He he was everywhere. But yeah, it, a combination of Mike Pettin and confidence I think also hurt him. Also getting injured his second season, that really really I think set him back because he was not never able to really make that next step that that, that r- crucial sophomore season. But he's a guy where the preseason is going to be huge. Like with the three games, Houston, the Jets, and Buffalo. Not going against the top flight receiving talent, so he c- could look pretty good in those games. And if and if he can show under Joe Barry in camp that he's got, that he still got the ability that we know we, that we think he does, I think he could make it. But I also wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being a cut and they start fresh at the position with now with Eric Stokes and Shamarji and Charles, uh, Chandon Sullivan, who I almost put as one of my surprise cuts. I thought about Chandon because I, th- I figured they could maybe keep Jackson and move move on from Chandon. But there's there's a that position is gonna be a lot of fun to watch in camp and I would not be surprised if Jackson was cut, but also would be a little bit saddened, like you guys have said. So let's stay in defense and with my pick for the surprise cuts, I went with Tyler Lancaster. 
I think with the drafting of TJ Slayton, it's a guy who, who with his talent, does what Lancaster does, but better. Uh, with he's a lot more, I think he's a lot more explosive. He's just as strong. He's a lot bigger. Listed at 330. And and with my who my guy who I have is surprised to make the roster, we'll talk about later. I think it makes Lancaster obsolete a little bit. He's not going to be playing third downs anyway. Plus, also when you factor in cap reasons, they need to make some room. They need to, especially if Brian Gutenguts is still talking about making some more moves, maybe bringing in a, a veteran linebacker. Cutting Tyler Lancaster saves you one million dollars on the cap, one point oh four seven, and it's a two hundred thousand dollar cap penalty. That's fine if that, if that's what needs to be done. Also, for comparison, Josh Jackson would save you one point three million with a six hundred fifty-seven thousand dollar a dead money hits. That's according to over the cap. So with with Lancaster, I just I with Sladen and another couple of these young these other defensive linemen, I don't see a spot for him. I don't think he's going to do enough that that price tag is worth it and that Barry will keep him around. I, I think. I think he'll be prob- probably the biggest name released on Final Cut Down Day. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad take. And I've been, you know, I'm a huge defensive line, like get some pieces in there, get some pieces in there. But I think as we transition into this new defensive era with Joe Barry, I think we're going to see some of those quote unquote household names in that front seven leaving. And Tyler can Tyler Lancaster is one of those casualties. Montrevious Adams was one of those casualties already. So I wouldn't be surprised if Tyler Lancaster's gone. He's a good piece. He's a good role player, but there's been other guys that, that Mike has mentioned that are going to replace him. And it's, I think his, his time has, has passed. Yeah, and when you say, like, I think we're going to see some of these household names leaving, like, that's that's who we're going to see going away, this is going to sound really negative, but, I mean, the front seven hasn't exactly been great, so it's no. not like they're it's not like they're cutting, like, it's not like Aaron Donald's getting cut, it's not like Prime Ryan Pickett, it's not like Kenny Clark's going away, you're mm-hmm. cutting guys that you're cut, you're trimming the fat. So, it's just how it goes. I mean, if you're not making plays, and we bring in other guys who are cheaper and hypothetically give us a better better opportunity of success that's who's going to make the roster lancaster's been fine but i think you bring in slayton uh i i still like kingsley kiki more than i like lancaster because he brings an athleticism standpoint he brings more from an athleticism standpoint Mm -hmm. and you can always find big free agents available they're always out there you're never not going to have them um and i'm sure that i'm sure that i could go check right now the free agency tracker to see who is available from a just like from a big standpoint and i'm gonna find somebody that's worth picking up is, is gino atkins still a free agent uh, let me tell you i so i first of all i didn't think gino atkins was gonna be a guy you're gonna throw out there i was thinking more like no no, no, no that's not a guy that they're bringing i'm just i'm looking he at is guys a free, he, no, no no but he is a free agent yeah yeah i'm just sitting here and i'm looking like you can go find big guys that are available like they're out there so that's so i'm just sitting here thinking you can find better options Geno atkins Drew casey kk short sheldon richardson tyrone crawford alan bailey there, there's guys available that they can go get so if you do cut lancaster and you still need a better in body there are options available and one other thing also with lancaster he's only a few months younger than dean lowry and they're both the oldest guys in the defensive line room they're 26 which is weird that dean lowry is also only 26 but so he so he's already probably hit his ceiling as what he's gonna, what he's going to be, and 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 
Kenny Clark's the is is the leader in that room anyway. So I just it, it's a tough spot to see for me to see him making it with the cap that he has and with any substantial talent in front of him. So Gage will go to you with your cut. We're going offense and another high draft pick that hasn't quite panned out. A lot of this one has to do with health, but we'll see what Jay Sternberg can do this year. Yeah, Jay Sternberg is a guy that uh, I was really excited for Green Bay to get in that um, what was it, 2019 draft class. Uh, I saw him as the, he was the third best tight end in that class for me behind um, Irv Smith or no, he was tight end four behind Irv Smith and um, TJ Hawkinson, no fan. I knew Green Bay wasn't going to get Fanton Hawkinson. I was I was thinking if Irv Smith could slip a little, maybe they can get him in the second. He got drafted by Minnesota, so no big deal there. So I like getting Jay Sternberg in the third round. But like you said, he just hasn't quite put it all together. He's shown a couple of flashes here and there, but it just ha- it just hasn't gotten put together. Plus now with the addition of Robert Tunyon, who is really who really broke out last year, and I think has a really good connection with. Uh, Rodgers and is just a very consistent player. You already have Mercedes Lewis. You drafted Josiah DeGuar last year. You're not going to keep you're not going to keep like a no, that many a ton of tight ends here. And we talked before we got started today that it's probably going to come down to Jay Sternberger and um, Dominique Daphne. And Dominique Daphne, I think Daphne is I would pick Jace over Daphne. But at the same time, Daphne was a consistent player when he was on the field at the end of the season last year. Right. Jace has been inconsistent when he's been out there. So at least while the ceiling may not be as high with Daphne, the ceiling, the floor is much higher. Mm-hmm. And I so I think that Jace is just a another guy kind of like Josh Jackson, where it's just it does it the talent is there, but it's just not looking like it's going to stick for him, unfortunately, which is. Like like I said, the guy's really talented in terms of from an athleticism standpoint. He really can bring a lot to the table in that aspect of things. And I really thought that he could. I really thought he could be that that seam threat, mm-hmm. that next that guy to really open up the offense. And I just he hasn't been able to put it together through uh, heading into year three. Two things, quick is that my shitty stat is the Jay Sternberger. If he would have came out the next year, he would have been the number one potentially tight end drafted it's always a shitty stat i like to throw out there just kind of who cares um the other one is that you know if you think about what aaron Rodgers talks about in the tight end room he's always mentioning uh obviously big dog he always mentions bobby tanyan and he frequently will mention um dominique daphne uh obviously we know the 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 bromance that is matt lafleur and josiah deguara you really never hear jay sternberger's name brought up too much um, and I just kind of think he could be one of those guys that is gone. It is sucks. It's probably the biggest name for me that we've mentioned that would be cut um, next to Josh Jackson because Jay Sternberg is a young dude. He's really had limited opportunities, and everyone else on that depth chart has really exceeded expectations. So um, besides Jaguar, obviously with his, his knee injury last year, so I, I think Josiah or I think Jay Sternberg is a definitely more than likely on the chopping block. For sure, and and that's definitely a big thing where it's gonna. I think it will come down to him and Daphne. And if Jace can bring a little bit more on special teams, I think he's got an inside track because they're gonna use Deguar in that H pack role that Daphne played late last year, and Mercedes can play that a little bit as well. And Sternberger has played it a little bit during his time in Green Bay. 
But I remember, um, Matt, you're, I mean, you're in the, in the, in the Bay Area right now. Were you any of those joint practices in, when they played, when they were, took on Houston? Yeah, well, I heard. So I remember that, like, his, I was, I was going to try to mix that in, and I'm glad you brought that up. Like, his first practice is the one where he got into that situation with, um, Lonnie Johnson. And, like, it was just like, it just seemed like a bad start, right? It just seemed like there was, it was just, it was just bad vibes from the beginning. It wasn't anything Jace did. It was kind of a dirty hit from what everyone said from, yeah, well, there you go. So it was just like, and I think he ended up getting a concussion on that and it was a lingering concussion. So yeah, it's just like, it just was bad vibes all around to start for Jace. Exactly. Like I, I remember watching that. He got just blasted over the middle. It, it was a hit that was, that gets you on ESPN back in the early two thousands, but it, it was a dirty hit for a training camp joint practice for sure, and there's a reason why Johnson didn't practice the next day, and he was kicked out by Bill O'Brien, one of the few things O'Brien did right during that last few years. But and it goes back to how important training camp is, especially for these these rookies. We saw it in years past. Dayton Jones is having a great rookie camp that he gets hurt. Jace was looking all right. He gets hurt, and Josh Jackson two year his second year is looking good in camp gets hurt. Like those types of things are huge for the development of these players, and it really slows them down. And I wonder if losing a good portion of both training camps, if Sternberger, if he can have a full one this year, not having to deal with also COVID stuff and everything going on that went on last year, if he could really find his own. And I do think it he could get cut. I, I'd be very surprised. But he is definitely a name to keep an eye on for sure, and and I'm glad that Gage brought that name up when we were doing our our pre our pre recording little chat. So let's jump into the people who we think should be cut from the roster, and again we'll try and keep it as positive as he can for the most part, except for obviously Matt, you won't be with Dexter Williams. I won't. I won't be with Dexter Williams, and I've honestly, dudes, like I've said this time and time again. I said this with you guys when we were going through our draft previews. Uh, we were covering the running backs. I've gone through this before with Janelle and Dan. I might have gone this before even uh, Dan was with Janelle and I. Like Dexter Williams to me is a guy that was so freaking talented when he came under the team. I was like, this guy could be the dude. And all it took for me was one play in a preseason game where he tried to take a handoff with his over the top hand without. It. He basically tried to take it one handed, a, a handoff. And I'm like, that's that is. If you're trying to make a roster and you're not doing something that is like basic fundamentals of football, that that's concerning. And I've heard other stuff around town where he's just like not the most uh, diligent when it comes to the playbook and et cetera, et cetera. And it's really easy for me to get Dexter Williams off the roster, especially with Kylan Hill coming on, especially with Patrick Taylor possibly emerging. And I just don't know if there's any room for him in the running back room, regardless of his production or my lack of um uh, enjoyment of seeing him take handoffs. So Dexter Williams for me is an easy cut, um, and I, you know, I wish him luck. But other than that, uh, he's got to go. Yeah, um, I. It's a lot more simple for me um, in regards to Dexter Williams. Kylan Hill's there. You already have Aaron Jones, who you just resigned. You have AJ Dillon, who you drafted last year. Done. I, I, I don't need. I don't need to keep you around anymore. I can find special teams guys. I can find a fourth running back. There, I don't have a need for a player when you haven't necessarily shown anything, and I can get younger and cheaper at your position because I don't know what Dexter Williams is. Uh, his cap hit is eight hundred fifty thousand dollars versus if I get Kylan Hill, 
it's only going to be six hundred sixty thousand dollars, and I can cut Dexter Williams for no dead cap. So Love it. I I can get cheaper at the position and um, better. I think Colin Hill is a talented player who, if he had played at a lot of other schools, would have been drafted a lot higher than the seventh round. And I think that Colin Hill might have been the steal of Green Bay's entire draft class, if we're being 100% brutally honest, which it's weird talking about a seventh-round pick, but I think he's a lot more talented than just a seventh-rounder. Yeah, both you guys are spot-on. And I, with Kylan Hill, Patrick Taylor, I, 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 I was big on Taylor last year. With, with When you look at how he was playing at Memphis and who he was around, and he was holding his own against those guys, I, I like both of them. And if it came four, I think it's those four. Another reason I think the writing was on, is on the wall with Dexter is his number was given away to Shamar Jean Charles, who isn't getting cut. So unless one of them changes, one of them's going. And I think Dexter is the very fairly easy one. I mean, he he's there was guys getting last year elevated over him for games or when he was on the practice squad, and it just it he just never seemed to put it together. Again, the talent's there, but. Maybe he'll get a, get a shot again somewhere else, but it's just it didn't work. It hasn't worked in Green Bay, and I don't think it's going to. And I, I think he, I think it's a pretty safe bet that he's going to go in. And I know we we may have a celebration with Matt when that happens, but we'll see from that. But small Gage, small celebration, but yes, there will be one. Gage will go to you on defense, and this one we're this is one of the ones I think we might have a pretty fun debate with, and that's and it's Oren Burks. Yeah, um, Oren Burks and needing to be cut. Oren Burks, kind of like Josh Jackson, a guy that I really thought could be a really talented player for this defense. I really liked his fit as a as like the that modern combo safety linebacker hybrid type player, and just haven't seen it. I I don't know what it is. I just watching him play, he's never looked like a guy where I'm, I'm thinking, yep, he needs to be on the field for Green Bay. He needs to make plays for you. You brought in Kamal Martin and Chris Barnes last year, who I thought Kamal Martin and Chris Barnes were fine. They're not great, but I thought they were fine. Um, Ty Summers, who I know we talked about, is not necessarily the best tackler, but he can at least – he's a uber athlete. Isaiah McDuffie just brought in now. Um, I'm just – I'm sitting here and I'm seeing a guy who – has yet to give me a reason to say, don't cut me. Um, he saves you nine, just just under a million dollars against the cap if you cut him. Uh, and there's only so many roster spots available. It just comes down to when I, like when I had to pick a guy who I think needs to be cut, there's only so many guys on this roster that I think flat out don't need to be there. Could I have just, and, and I couldn't just pick a, like an undrafted free agent who I obviously know is not going to be there. I can't, I like, I can't go and say like, Oh, Chris Blair, I is is not going to make the roster. That's my surprise. That's my needs to be cut. Duh. I mean, that's not that's not the whole point of us being here. So trying to find a guy that I think has a legitimate chance to make the roster that I don't think should. It's kind of how I ended up with Oren Burks. I just think that there's better options available at that position. Like Oren Burks to me is just a, he's similar to Jace, where he came in and started having these nagging injuries right away, and I thought he was. I thought he was overdrafted. I wasn't a huge. I, I didn't see a lot, you know, of his games in college. But overall, I just didn't. I, I thought the body type was great. I just didn't see it ever translate to the field. Um, and it's similar to Josh Jackson. Like the potential was there. 
and it just hasn't happened. And that might have been Mike Pettin's issue. Um, it might have been just schematic, whatever. But maybe his shaving grace is Joe Barry. Joe Barry, I think, does value those athletic linebackers, and potentially he'd make the roster. I just like like Gage mentioned with Kamal Martin coming and Chris Barnes. I like those guys. Isaiah McDuffie's drafted too, um, and I imagine Joe Barry had something to say about that. So. I just don't know if Aaron Burks has a spot on this team anymore, special teams potentially, but special teams guys are, you know, you can, you can grab those guys, you know, sitting at your local Applebee's. Like it's not that hard to find a guy that can co- cover a kick. So realistically, I think Oren Burks is a, is a safe pick to, to not make the roster. You, you say it's easy to find special teams guys, yet the Packers special teams have been bad since the Clinton administration. So, That's true. Hey, it's easy to find the guys. That doesn't mean that Green Bay is good at doing it. There's a difference. Yeah. Yeah. What Gage said. That's fair. Maybe they're just going during happy hour. The, the thing that strikes me with Burks, and maybe it's just my stubbornness. I'm, I was very, I was high on him when he got drafted. After him being moved around over in Vanderbilt to every position on defense at different points, including playing deep safety, eventually getting the linebacker. They started moving him around last year. He played some outside backer as well. So the versatility is something to keep an eye on. I know he's regarded highly in the community, highly in the locker room. There, there's there's some things that, that go in his favor, and it's him, Summers, McDuffie seem kind of battling for maybe two spots. I'm not sure if they keep a fifth inside backer. To be, I, to be fair, I almost also said Chris Barnes almost could have been a surprise cut because we've seen linebackers in the past who who shine for one year and then kind of disappear. But I think Matt LaFleur really likes what he brings, so I think he's probably going to stay around. Burks would be an interesting one. If if they don't value those fourth and fifth other edge guys, whether it's Spider Garvin or Ramsey or whoever, that could open up a, a, a wider spot for Burks to make it. And, again, it goes back injuries year rookie camp. He was set to start, I think, his rookie year. He was looking really good in camp. He seemed to – he was picking up the defense fast. There's talk about him wearing the green dot almost immediately. And then he tears his pack during warm-ups for a preseason game. And everything kind of craters from there. So this again, like Sternberg, this is a huge camp. It's in Jackson, and if he can make some plays in the in those three preseason games, like say he beats up on Zach Wilson on the blitz a couple of times, that'll help him. But I, I definitely can see people being down on him and thinking he needs to go, and then, and I definitely I definitely see that viewpoint pretty strongly. For me, my needs to be cut is Kadar Holman. And it's nothing against the guy. I love the story when he got drafted. He's an incredible testament to resilience and and making your achieving your dreams. But he got over he got jumped over by a lot of guys last year to to play special team snaps and he he's already twenty six, kind of bounced around a little bit from, from active to inactive. And another guy where they save money. If if he is sent away, if he's let go, they save eight hundred fifty thousand dollars on the cap if he if he's let go. For a guy who was oftentimes inactive as a late round pick, as an older corner already in that in that cornerback room, I think he's the oldest guy in that cornerback room now with Kevin King. That's something that I I just don't, I don't see a spot for him. I I don't see any way he makes the roster this year. I totally agree, um, and I'm basing this strictly on them drafting uh, Shamar Jean Charles because I got the same vibes from him as I do Kadar Holman. He's just a newer, upgraded version of him. Athletic, twitchy, can play in the slot, very athletic, fast as hell, and 
Shamar Gene Charles just has a nose for the football. And I think that's Joe Barry's guy potentially. And I, I don't see how Kadar Holman's there. I loved him. I thought he was a good project kid coming out of Toledo, but it just really hasn't translated. Like you said, Mike, his, his, his way in was on special teams and he's been leapfrogged by a number of guys, um, to be able to play on that, that special teams unit. So, um, Kadar Holman, yeah, he's probably out the door. So I went ahead and did a quick search because I was curious because you had said you thought Kadar Holman is the uh, the veteran or like the oldest guy in the room. And Green Bay actually has a, surprisingly kind of like a couple of older guys currently like just currently on the roster. Obviously, mm-hmm. not all these guys are going to make it. Perry Nickerson, I'll yep. uh, be he'll be 27 in October. Kadar Holman will be um, 27, I believe, in September. Um, let me let me double check that here. He'll be 27 in September. Kevin King just turned 26. He's a full year younger than Kadar Holman is. Um, like there's there's some older guys on this roster. Obviously, you have Jair Alexander, you have Eric Stokes, Josh Jackson. I'm pretty sure is still really young despite being drafted back in 2018. Um, you have obviously Shamarjean Charles is now a rookie. So I think that Green Bay made a concerted effort to get younger at this position. And the Kadar Holman one, I all I saw throughout training camp was this guy. He can he can be a guy for us. He can do some good things. And then just he was never on the field. And I'm like, what happened? And like I think I thought Kadar Holman was the classic. Everybody got excited for him because he made a he had a cool story and he made a couple of cool plays during training camp. Mm-hmm. But he was training camp good. He was preseason good. He wasn't regular season good. Because I don't watch a ton of preseason. Uh, the only practice stuff I get, because I'm one of the only members of the Pack-A-Day podcast outside of uh, Wisconsin, apparently. Like, everybody, all of you guys are based in Wisconsin. It's ridiculous. So the, so the stuff I get from practice is what everybody says. So when I see everyone last year, Reggie Bagleton, that was the guy last year. Everyone was talking him up constantly. Just he's going to be so good. He's going to make all these plays. And then he just never made the field or like he barely made the field during the regular season, which I get it. He was at a loaded position. So Hallman just wasn't getting on the field. So, yeah, I think it's just it's time to go. You can only keep so many corners. You like we I think we can agree. Alexander King Stokes and Shamar Jean Charles are the four locks, right? Like, can we agree that those four are the locks? Yes, I can agree to that. Okay. Then you have the other spots are between Jackson, Hallman, Nickerson, Shannon Sullivan, who we assume is going to be back as the nickel. Mm-hmm. Right. OK. Yeah. No, yeah, uh, yeah. there's only so many spots available and nothing against Hallman. I have younger guys that I can keep. True. Um, and I think we're actually going to talk about one of those younger guys here in just a second when we talk about uh, Matt's surprise to make the roster. What a segue, Gage. What yeah, a segue. So, so let's hop right into it. Let's do our surprise guys to make the roster. And the biggest name for sure, at least among Packer fans around, is Matt's pick, and we'll go in corner. And I think we all like Stanford Samuels. I love Stanford Samuels, guys. And, like, this is going to be fun here, so we're all going to really try to make the case. We're going to try to get political here and really convince people that our ideas are the best. So Stanford Samuels, to me is a guy that fits Joe Barry's stuff. He can play multiple positions. He could potentially be that star guy in the nickel because I don't think they have that dude yet. I just, I don't see someone that can totally fit that spot that Joe Barry likes. Now, if we also base this off of our predictions that are, you know, going to be completely accurate, I have Josh Jackson cut. We also had Kadar Holman cut. 
Um, and is there another secondary guy I was thinking of? No, that's it. That that's the two we we said. So like, there's an opportunity there for Stanford Samuels the third to come in and potentially compete at the dime backer, potentially nickel backer spot, maybe play some special teams. You know, I, I have a soft spot for him. I thought he was a dude that really, really could have should have been drafted. I was blown away that he won undrafted. Um, a lot of that had to do with his forty time. And the reason he wasn't drafted because it's just a slower 40. I want to say he was in like the mid four fives, which doesn't really get it done in this day and age across the entire NFL, especially in the secondary. Yeah, that's why I didn't get drafted either. I had a slow 40. Same, same. Absolutely. <laughs> I was I was weak on the bench, too. So the combo of that was just was really, really bad for me. But overall, I think Stanford Samuel is the third. He, he has a chance. Um, I, I really just want him to make the roster based off of just talent. What I saw out of him from Florida State. But at the end of the day, I'm not sure it, we're up in the air with to see what Joe Barry's going to like. But I think he could potentially find a spot on this roster. And I'm, I'm really hoping so. I think he's he's a unique talent, has a nose for the football. Four, six, five, 40 with the 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 uh, our producer chiming in here. Four, six, five. That's that is extremely slow. My man was blazing in the 40. <laughs> Jeez. As, as an offensive lineman, maybe like that's as, so cool. As a corner, that's that's bad. Yeah, that's uh, that's not good. I don't know what per- off the top of my head. I don't know what percentile that is, but it's not it's not good. I can't remember what the uh, the there's. I know there's a baseline that you have to hit in order to be. That's the seventh percentile among corners. As co- as a corner, that is the seventh percentile. Um, as an among athletes and among all athletes, it's a it's a 57th percentile, so it gets better. But that's exclusively because of like offensive linemen dragging that down. But yeah, offensive linemen, kickers, whatever. But yeah, I the Stanford Samuel thing. That was another guy who last year all like all during the preseason and during training camp. That that was the guy. Stanford Samuels was the next the next great one. Everyone's like, this is the undrafted free agent gem. He's the guy that we're gonna he can do things for us. And then just nothing, nothing happened. And I and I'm like I'm like I'm gonna stop listening to you guys about who the the training camp sleepers are because you're always lying to me. You're always telling me it's gonna be somebody and then that person doesn't make any plays. And I'm like, why do you lie to me? Why do you hurt me? I I think kind of just I I don't know I don't know anything but I don't know enough about the guy. I just know that. We already said there's only a couple of spots available at corner, and if you can go out and make plays, I guess then more power to you. I like if he if he makes the roster, I'm gonna assume that he's that he deserves it because of some of the talented guys that he would be making it over. Like we already talked about, Josh Jackson could be cut. Kadar Holman might not make it. Perry Nickerson's a is a veteranish guy. There's a lot of guys that if Samuels makes the spot, he's making it over some other talented players at that spot. And Perry Nickerson, too, fast as hell. Like, he's very, very fast. Um, and for Madden purposes, really need him on the roster. He adds a great dynamic to a Madden roster team. Yeah, fair enough. And Samuels is a guy who I think was really affected by them not having preseason last year. That Because he, he was pretty sticky throughout camp from everything I heard. And I think that really kind of caused some problems. I personally want to make the roster just to have a, a, a number 46 on there. It, because when I got my nephew his his birthday present, I got him a custom jersey. It was number 46 because his birthday is April 6th. So to have a 46 on there would be pretty cool. I think that I think that he would end up getting a new favorite player for a six year old. So that'd be so. There's some selfish reasons there, 
but that, that sixth corner is going to be very interesting. Even fifth, if you want to count Shannon Sullivan as a bubble guy, whether it's Jackson, Samuels, Kavaria Russell, Nickerson, KB Nento, who's another guy who was pretty highly regarded the last couple of camps, there's going to be some serious competition for that corner spot. And I think Samuels, I think he's got a pretty good shot, especially when he was getting elevated late last year over guys like Josh Jackson and Holman. In, in that play in the playoff games, those those guys were inactive, and Samuels was getting those snaps with 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 Kavaria Russell, so that's something to keep an eye on. My surprise roster make, I'm going back to the D line and another mountain of a human being, and that's Anthony Rush, only 24, six four, three sixty one. We talked on draft at our draft recap about Sl- T J Slayton. Rush is a giant. And if they want to save some money, get rid of Lancaster. Rush could be a guy who makes it as a run, another rud stuffing guy, who's just going to take up space and could be an absolute monster inside. I was trying to look up his mock draftable chart, and Anthony Rush is not even in mock draftable. What the? What are this dude's measurables like? At a like, a, what were his pre combine stuff? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just hearing you talk about how big he is, and I'm like, I have to go see what this dude was athletically, because that is a humongous human being. And we talked about Lancaster being a like being a surprise cut, and we talked about how you can find big guys everywhere. Anthony Rush is that's a that's a big big boy. He is mm-hmm. a well fed young man. Because and we talked who was the who was the uh, the Samoan player that we had. Who could do a backflip while standing? He was like 300 pounds. Olivia Sagapolo, former Badger. That guy. I'm like. I'm like, we like if we could just find these like just big athletic dudes that can just go around and just be a pain in the butt for everybody else. I'm all for it. And Anthony Rush uh, played at Alabama, so he's got the so he's got the blue chip background of going to a high end school. And if he can stop the run, I'm all for it. Okay. Okay. Well, see, it said Alabama. it said Alabama when it, when you, if you if you search him, it said Alabama. That's what, so that's my bad. But here's the thing: he's a big guy. If he can stop the run, I'm all for it. Come come help us out. I, that's the, for at the end of the day, that's all it comes down to for me because I we're gonna get pass rush from Kenny Clark, from Rashawn Gary, Preston, Zadarius Smith, and we'll manufacture it from other guys. But if you can stop the run, that's all that matters to me. And I think between T.J. Slayton. And if you do cut Lancaster and you bring in Anthony Rush as your other guy at 360 pounds, he also gives you the ability to play the nose and let Kenny Rush, instead of playing as a true nose, he could play as a 3-4 end, which I'm I'm very here for. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Like you can you can mix him and TJ Slayton in, kind of mix those guys in, big body dudes. I I'm here for Anthony Rush. And like we said earlier, like the the regime on the Kinsley Keegan, Montrevious Adams, Dean Lowry's, Tyler Lancaster's, those those days are there there's a lot fewer of them left than there that they've played. So let's uh let's get some new new blood in there and Anthony Rush is a guy that I would be completely okay with, whether or not he went to Alabama or UAB or you know, whatever community college. We, he was a JUCO transfer, but he was a again six six five at UAB. He had a pick six against Alabama A and M at six five three three sixty five or three forty. Whoever he played at there, he he's a just a big 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 dude. He also played wing T in high school. He played tight end in high school six four two eighty. <laughs> I also like if you go to social media, his Twitter handle is can't be blocked. 
That's, that's his, strong. And he, he's got the number 79. Sign him now. Sign, cut everybody else. Sign him now. I'm, I'm in. <clears throat> you don't need to tell me anything else about him. I'm in. And number 79, Ryan Pickett. You mean, yep. They, 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 they're looking for another Pickett. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if he makes it, again, to save some money over a guy like Lancaster. So let's move, let's move to our last guy, and this one's going to be okay, Gage. Let's talk about the punter. Okay, so everybody gets mad at J.K. Scott every single week. We all do it because he'll be, he'll be good for one week. Like uh, the season opener two years ago against the Bears, he was one of the three shining stars in that game. And it, for those that don't remember, that, which you probably did because it was a terrible game, it was 10-3, Green Bay won. It was a brutal game throughout, but J.K. Scott was one of the th- one of the few bright spots for Green Bay in that entire game. And then you've for- completely forgotten about that because of everything else he's done since. He'll have two good punts and then blow it with one bad one where he kicks it 30, 20 yards. J.K. Scott's main issue has been consistency. That's that's been the problem. I get that he's had. I get that he's had coaching changes. I get that he's had this. He's had that. At a certain point. It's just it's not going to happen. So Green Bay brings in Ryan Winslow, who Ryan Winslow is. I don't know anything about him other than the fact that he's a punter and he's not J.K. Scott. He played at Pitt. He's 27. So he's a little little older. At, at the end of the day, just if you can be better and more consistent than J.K. Scott can, I don't see any reason why you shouldn't be here. He's bounced around the Cardinals roster. He was on the. The Memphis Express of the – he was on the AAF rosters. He was an undrafted free agent for the Bears. Just – if at the end of the day, if you can be more consistent than J.K. Scott, even if you're only ever punting a maximum of 45 yards, I can deal with that because it's consistent. That's my issue with J.K. Scott. It doesn't have anything to do with his like leg. J.K.'s leg is very good. When he hits it well, he hits it really damn well. The problem is just – the consistency and Ryan Winslow, if you can bring any consistency, which he hasn't necessarily done to this point in his career, he's been, he's got a total of six punts in his life, but it all comes down to consistency. And if you can bring that, that JK hasn't been bringing, I'll take you. That's so that's my whole thing here. I was looking through the roster, trying to find a guy that I'm like, okay, who's not going to make it that could make it. And Winslow is a guy that I'm like, everybody would be shocked if a punter change happens because how many times in the last decade has Green Bay brought in a guy during training camp at either kicker or punter or long snapper and actually beat out the incumbent? At kicker, obviously it's never happened. At punter, I has it happened that I that you guys can remember? So they had that one goofball. He was a shorter dude. I think it was number ten. I don't. Thank you. And like he was on the team. Like he was. Yeah, he was he was horrendous. Like, but wasn't was, that the guy that also didn't even make it through a full season? I think so. Like, he was he was bad, bad. And like, J.K. Scott to me, dude, is like, okay, we as much as we hate on J.K. Scott for his production, him possibly just getting his temps last week, like he's still a dude that's gonna be able to kick the snot out of the ball when necessary. It's the consistency thing, Gage, as you mentioned, and Ryan Winslow, like. He's bouncing on so many damn teams. Like, I don't know if he's that guy at all. He's going to be a good competition, dude, but he's got six punts. Like, 
in his entire career. Like that's that's not doing it for me. And you, maybe it's because of just lack of opportunity or what. But like I just don't see Ryan Winslow as that guy. It's a good guy to come compete in. Same similar um, stature as J.K. Scott. But to me, like stick with J.K. Scott. I think he's a really really good product. See what he can do in his fourth year here. I. It's it's a little frustrating because my expectations are very high for J.K. Scott, which is weird to have any expectation for a punter. But that was hey, I'm the same way. I also had high expectations for him. So like I'm not you're not alone in that aspect. I I was I was right with you in saying, look, this Green Bay's got a punter. We got a punter. We got a kicker. We're not finally not going to be liability in uh, special teams anymore. Right. Psych. Gage, you're an idiot. You don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, it's some, some fun stuff with J.K. Scott. You talk about he may have just gotten his temp. He's also married with a child, so he so he is definitely definitely the most oh, mature, definitely the most mature fourteen year old on the roster. But he was a top ten prospect in the state of Colorado out of high school, even as a punter. He was a, he would he's still a big dude, six foot six. But the big thing I think that helps him a ton, and Hunter Bradley as well, was the production. In the field goal game, he was a very good holder. He was exceptionally good at getting the ball down for Crosby, and he's a huge part of Crosby not missing last year. That's going to help him a ton. And 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 if if Winslow can show that in camp, then let the games begin, and this will be a very fascinating preseason in camp again. But Crosby, he's going to re- he's going to end his contract as the most most suited up Packer of all time. He's going to have some say again in his holder. And if Scott continues to do a really good job like that, and, and even if Bradley Saps have been a little wayward at times, Scott's gotten him down. And when's the last time we talked about a kicker not missing a field goal the entire season in Green Bay? And I think, I think that bodes well for Scott. But again, if Winslow shows up and he's able to do that in camp, let the games begin. Well, I think you guys are also leaving out one key factor. So Winslow, his father, George Winslow, punted at University of Wisconsin for two years. He was the batter's first scholarship punter. So clearly there is a tie in for Winslow to end up making it on the roster. And no, I'm not grasping at straws here. I'm clearly just pointing out accurate things, okay? Gage, based off that data, I got to imagine you're the only person I know that actually has a Wikipedia login just to find that data. Because like, what? The, why no, would... this is actually from Packer Central. Oh, dot com. Yeah, si dot com. This is the si, like the official Sports Illustrated Packer like link here. So, yeah, and just don't don't hate on Wikipedia. Logins, I'm okay? not. I am okay? not. Wikipedia. We've it. all used it. We've all Absol- used it. But... I use it. I have it up right now. Yeah. So okay. Don't so use it for college thing. papers. Am I, of course. I mean, it's more accurate than some sites. But anyway, do I think Ryan Winslow legitimately beats out J.K. Scott? I think that he could beat him out from a punter standpoint. But kind of like Mike said, if a from a holder standpoint, if Mason says no, J.K.'s the guy. It's not Winslow. J.K.'s the guy. Then yeah, sure, J.K. could still end up winning the winning the spot. And like we said, J.K.'s the the the, the highs are the highs are the reason we're so excited for him because when he when he's stroking it well. He's a really damn good punter. It's just everything in between is the problem. For sure. So well, let's wrap things up. I know Matt's got some baseball to go coach. So Matt, we'll start with you. Where can people find you? 
Yeah, still find me on Twitter at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore. Um, putting out content with the uh, team over at Game on Wisconsin. Obviously, Pack-A-Day podcast every week with these boys, which has been a great new partnership. Sad to see Janelle and Dan go, but awesome to see Mike engage, accept me into their uh, fraternity, if you will. But overall, just I'm pretty jazzed for this offseason now to get – we have the schedule figured out. I'm trying to get my hands on some tickets at some point, see how that goes. Anyone coming into town, hit me up. Reach in the DMs. If you're coming into town for a Packer game, let me know. I'd love to buy you your first beverage in Titletown. But other than that, man, it's it's going to be a fun summer. Um, looking at some of these guys that came in. Uh, we didn't even mention some of the tryouts they had yesterday, so that'll be interesting to keep tabs on. A lot of young, got a lot of young blood out there on Friday. So I'm excited to see some of these young guys that could make an impact. And I think there's a lot of opportunities for for guys to get in the mix. But um, other than that, Gage, where uh, what are you putting out right now, my man? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, as always, at GBridgeford NFL. Uh, still working on content for Rotoballer, Dynasty Nerds, uh, Denver Stiff stuff with the playoffs less than, like, just right around the corner now. Uh, still doing a lot of content for them. I'm going to be doing some work with uh, Superdraft, and I might have some uh, sign-up codes for people, um, and that you, you'll be able to find those on my Twitter, so uh, stay tuned to that. Um not really doing a whole lot of Packers content right now other than the work here with Pack a Day uh, with Mike and Matt, which is um, highlight of my Saturday right now. Love getting to uh, wake up and talk some uh, football with these guys every week. Um, but other than that, my work's all there. I'll have, um, I think, three or four articles coming out between the fir- between Monday through Thursday of next week just talking uh, fantasy football content there. But as always, on my Twitter is the easiest way to find all of it. And for me, you can find me on Twitter at Mike Wendland. It's all one word. It's W-E-N-D-L-A-N-D-T. For my professional stuff, I'm on ZaleskiSports.com, doing a little bit of writing, a lot of broadcasting there. Re- recently been doing a lot of Nina Rocket baseball and softball, which has been a lot of fun. It's been great to see. Holy hell. Going around as Nina Rocket baseball is kicking butt right now. So was our softball team. The girl had 15 yes. strikeouts yesterday. That was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. But and but I'll be doing a couple of games there next week. You can find all my work there. Uh, and it's it's other than that, doing a lot of stuff here at the Packet Day podcast. I'll be doing more Packer stuff as we get closer to training camp in the season. And again, with everything starting to hopefully open up and life slowly acclimating back to normal, hope to see you guys around. If I'll be up in Green Bay a couple of times for practice, and it'll be good to training camp. Matt, hopefully I'll see you there maybe a couple of times as well. Absolutely. And also follow us wherever you can find your podcasts on the platform. Give us a, a five-star rating. Subscribe to us. Let us know. We love doing this every single day for you guys. It's been a blast for the thousand-plus episodes that we've been able to do. And we're looking forward to doing another thousand more as well. And also follow us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. So for Matt Freilich and for Gage Bridgeford, this is Mike Wellen saying so long, everybody. We'll talk to you again next week for more content. You can stay tuned tomorrow for more great Packaday stuff from our from our top crew with Andy and, and company. And for all of us here from the Packaday Podcast, everyone stay safe, always carry the G, and go Pack Go.